0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number six, Showcase Showdown Part One. My name is Pete, and joining me tonight are Matt. Hello, everybody. And Tom. What's up, guys? We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So, put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and then, let's do Disney. Well, guys, I'm really excited tonight. Can you guess why? The Golden State Warriors won the NBA Finals. No, nope, that is part of it. No. Let me guess. Real... Let, me guess let me guess. All, All right. All right. right. We're only a few short weeks away from the 4th of July and, and your birthday. I think your birthday's my, around there. My favorite holiday, my birthday. Should be a national holiday. That is correct. 4th of July and my birthday. So, in honor of that, our next three episodes are going to be dedicated to my favorite part, and and in particular, my favorite part of my favorite park, and that is World Showcase. So before we get into that, which is going to be our main topic for tonight, a couple things to talk about. The first thing is attendance at the parks over the last couple of weeks. We've seen kind of an uptick at Magic Kingdom. We've seen the wait times at Pandora go down a little bit. But but overall, attendance is looking pretty... uh, pretty busy at, at Disney World for the summer.
1: When we say that the lines are a little bit down in Pandora, we're still talking about over two-hour waits for a flight of passage. So,
0: Oh, a- absolutely. We're still talking 150-minute waits, but, but that's down from the 290 to 300-minute waits that we saw at the opening of the land. So as we expected, demand has kind of tapered off for that a little bit. People are still pretty excited about it, as is evidenced by the over two-hour waits for the ride, but but the waits are becoming a little bit more reasonable. So with that being said, let's move into the news with Tom. And I think before we start the news, Tom's got a couple of things to touch on.
2: Going back to our last episode, episode five, Fast Forward. If you haven't listened to it, it's a, uh, a breakdown of, of how to operate the FastPass system and you know exactly what that is. Uh, but going back to that episode, we had a couple things we left pending with you. Um, we discussed the battery packs or, you know, extended battery opportunities and options you have in Disney World. Those are called the Fuel Rod phone chargers. Uh, they are $30 when you're at Disney World, and they're $20 on Amazon. There are other Fuel Rod stations, you know, at various airports across all of Disney World, and the uh, interchangeability that, that, that they have is kind of the premise of their business model. Uh, it's a, it's a, a great Christmas gift if you know someone's going to Disney. Uh, Or it's a great gift in general uh, for people who who can burn through their phone battery. Uh, I know we talked about the pricing and we didn't quite know the name, but it's $30 at Disney. It's called the Fuel Rod. The second item I'm going to hit, a little correction from last week's episode, we were not 100% if the Frozen ride in Norway opened with Future World or if it opened with the World Showcase. We have confirmed that it does
0: open with Future World. One additional thing that I'll say about Fast Passes that we didn't mention last week, and that is we talked about Fast Pass blocks and how they're hour-long blocks. We did not talk about that the end time in particular is kind of flexible. Disney's not going to cut you off. If you have an 11 to 12 o'clock Fast Pass, if you get there at 12.01, you're not going to not be able to get on to the ride. There is about a 15 to 20-minute grace period. I think we pushed it to, what, 15 minutes, and we were still able to get on the ride with no problem.
2: Yeah, and... and and I would try to be in your block window, but of course Disney wants to satisfy the customer. And if something does come up and you're, like Pete said, a couple minutes out, that's fine. I wouldn't wouldn't push it much past 15 minutes. But anyway, going into the news for this week. Uh, it's, it's a short news week, but it's a pretty good one. am going to start with the D23 Expo that, that is uh, coming up in July, right Pete? July 14th, I think.
0: Yeah, so D23 yeah, starts July 14th and it runs through that weekend, so through Sunday, July 16th.
2: So it's a little bit into the future for us, um, for, for this episode, but Disney has announced that they will be giving the D23 attendees a, uh, a first-hand, up-close look in an entire pavilion dedicated to the Star wars theme lands that will be coming to both Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studios. We're anticipating some some pretty significant news to come out of this, and, and we'll continue to monitor the situation. Uh, also, at the D23 Expo, there is strong rumors that indicate we will get a firm opening date for Toy Story Land. The progress at this park has been uh, fantastic so far, from what we've seen. We've posted some some pictures on our Twitter, and the speculation is that early to mid 2018, uh, will, this park will actually open for for guests to visit
0: yeah we've we've heard dates that Disney is planning right now to open this park basically the same weekend that Pandora opened this year next year, so Memorial Day weekend of 2018.
2: Yeah, so that's it, it's something to uh you know again, we'll monitor this one. The more we find out, we will post to our Twitter. That's probably the quickest way to get news from us. The next bit of news will uh go into the Hollywood Studios uh, Disney's Pixar Short Film Festival is currently undergoing a quick refurbishment. It will be down from June 12th to June 19th. Uh, it's still relatively unknown as to why or what they may be doing. Obviously, the speculation is that they're gonna update what you can see in there. I, there's no confirmed, uh, confirmed reasoning behind this, but we'll monitor this and, and hopefully be able to give you an update next week. And our last bit of news is probably our biggest bit of news. Uh, it revolves around the Magic Kingdom and it revolves around something that all three of us have been passionate about, and that's the mobile ordering feature. As we mentioned last week, Disney has extended mobile ordering to Pizza Fari Animal Kingdom, and now they're going even further. They're extending this to five restaurants in Magic Kingdom this summer. The five restaurants that will be added are Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant, Cosmic Ray's Starlight Cafe, Pinocchio's Village, Pecos Bill's Tall Tale Inn and Cafe, and the Columbia Harbor House. Uh, I know Pete's a huge advocate for uh, for mobile ordering. What do you think of this news, Pete?
0: I I love it, but I but I will say that this does not work with dining plans as of yet. And I know that that's something that they're working on, but it's it's not working with dining plans yet.
1: And I'll be interested to see. There's gonna be some kinks in this, obviously, whenever when anything like this starts. You know, um, when you go to these places and all these places I enjoy eating at, they're some of my favorite places to eat. You know, it's quick. It'll be interesting to see how they, they cater to the people that do mobile ordering. Because the lines can get long already, but waiting in line if I'm mobile ordered, I'm gonna have a problem with
2: that. Yeah, is there and Pete, you may be the best to answer to this. Is there any chance that mobile ordering becomes so popular that the standby line shorter?
0: I don't I don't think so. You know, this this is not something if you look outside of Disney, I know Starbucks has this. Dunkin' Donuts has this. Chick-fil-A has this. I don't know that it's super popular at any one of those restaurants. So I I don't know that this is something that's going to be hugely popular. I I, I think that people will definitely utilize it. But I I don't know that it's ever going to be so popular that that the line for mobile pickup's gonna be longer than this than the so called standby line.
1: And with that being said, I mean Disney wouldn't do this and if they didn't think they could, you know, shorten the line in some way. So I mean Disney does things right and we'll see what happens. I'm excited to you know, when Thomas goes in December he might be the next one of us going. But um let us know how it works out, Tom.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, it's it's going to shorten that line regardless. So, yeah, it should. And I think I think that's ultimately their goal. One last piece of news before we get started. Yesterday, and and we're recording this on June 14th. Yesterday marked the 20th anniversary of the release of Hercules, which is I think one of the most underrated Disney movies that has ever been released. I think Hercules has been underrepresented at all of the Disney parks. Uh, and, and it hasn't been until the most recent show at at Magic Kingdom that Hercules has had any representation at the parks, right? And and guys, I mean, let let's be honest. Jim Woods as Hades, one of the best Disney villain performances that
2: I've ever heard. How how good did it feel to say uh the true actor of Hades to both Matt and I, <laughs> I and you know,
1: here's the thing. I I was about to say something on that. Um Pete has been right for a very long time. However, I still think that um, Jay Leno used
0: not a... Jay Leno, not <laughs> Jay Leno. Does Jay Leno sound was—it like sounds just like Jay. But but look, look at the songs that you've got from Hercules. Incredible, right? The distance. I I won't say I'm in love. Yeah, I mean they're zero to hero. There's so many great songs from that movie. I just. I think that is one of the most underrated Disney movies that's ever come out. Did you even mention "Go the Distance"? Uh, That was the first one I mentioned. Yes. Okay. So, but again, I I wanted to give a shout out to to Hercules on its twentieth anniversary of its release. Again, what I think is one of the most underrated Disney films. Agreed. Agreed. Of all times. So, with that being said, let's get into the parks. And let's talk about World Showcase. Uh, World Showcase typically opens two hours after Epcot itself opens. You've got a couple of different options when you're talking about World Showcase as far as going around the world. Typically people start either in Mexico or in Canada since those are at the ends. However there is also the International Gateway and and that is that puts you in France. So if you're coming in the International Gateway you may start there. A little, little bit of general advice when it comes to Epcot, and particularly if you're planning on partaking in an adult beverage at every country in Epcot, which is something that I've done a couple of times now with, with both these guys three times in a row now, right? Three, <laughs> three times, three times, I think now, yes. Look, this is an all-day affair. You can spend all day and and I could really spend multiple days in World Showcase. But, but break it up. Get some fast passes. Ride some other rides in there. You know, don't just, don't just go from start to finish. Eat plenty of snacks. Drink plenty of water. Look, there's, there's tons of stuff to eat and drink in all of these countries. Most of these countries have some kind of snack, be it churros in Mexico, uh, school bread in Norway. I mean, most of these countries have some kind of snack that is unique to that country, They've all got signature drinks. They all have signature both adult drinks and non-adult drinks. So make sure you're experiencing everything that these countries have to offer. Now, if you do plan to partake in adult beverage at every country around the world, expect to spend north of $100. This isn't a cheap endeavor, especially if you're drinking water and eating snacks, as, as we recommend. Last piece of advice I'll offer. They're at the refreshment port before you enter Epcot get a croissant donut they're incredible you can use a disney dining plan snack on them and it's definitely worth it to carb load before going into the park
2: i'm going to go ahead and say in advance you can uh you can thank us later for that one that is a a vital part to uh if you do choose to journey around the the world showcase often referred to as the journey into intoxication
0: so with that being said let's start with what i think is my Favorite pavilion, definitely one of my top three pavilions at World Showcase, and that is the Mexico Pavilion. And I can vouch that it is one of his top three because it's one of the only
2: ones he has forced me to visit multiple times when we are on our Disney vacations.
0: Same trip, same day, regardless. You're going to Mexico a couple times. Well, and the reason for that is La Cava del Tequila. And and we'll get to that in a little bit. But look, the, the atmosphere at the Mexico Pavilion is... Amazing. From the outside it looks like a giant pyramid. When you go inside, it, it looks like you're you've been transported back to twilight outside of the temple with a with a market below. I mean it's it's amazing.
2: And and I am not even sure if amazing can describe it. This is the, the pavilion and the restaurant and the setting that would be the best experience in our opinion, you know, or in my opinion, I can speak for myself, in Epcot if the restaurant food was anywhere
0: near up to par. Well, look, and yeah, let's talk about that. So in in the Mexico Pavilion, there are two table service restaurants and there's one quick service restaurant. There is uh, the San Angel Inn. There is La Hacienda de San Angel. And then there is La Cantina de San Angel. The, The restaurant inside of the Mexico Pavilion, which is, let's face it, it has one of the most incredible views at Disney World.
1: And, and what's interesting there is it's an indoor view, but it's still great.
0: It is an indoor view. You know, it's, it's overlooking a, a temple, a pyramid. It's overlooking a volcano. It's overlooking a ride. You know, it's, it's very reminiscent of, say, the Blue Bayou at Disneyland overlooking Pirates of the Caribbean. But the food sucks. And I know <laughs> that's bad. It's horrible.
1: That, that's strong, y'all. That's strong. I think, I could, I know I think my harsh. stomach could, could handle it.
0: Well, but, but the food is – it's basically like you've taken some frozen Mexican food. You go to your local grocery store. You get some frozen Mexican food. You heat it up. You put it on a plate. That's what you're going to get at that restaurant. And, and like Tom alluded to, this really could be one of the best restaurants at Epcot and at Disney World. If they could just bring their food up to scratch just a little bit, if they could get the quality up to what you would expect from your local Mexican restaurant – it would be one of the best restaurants at Disney World. The view is incredible. It's right next to La Cava. They'll serve you drinks from La Cava. But as it is, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And 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 I think, I think that the wait times, there's never a wait to get in there. The tables are never full there. I think that reflects the quality of the food there. Okay,
1: well, let, let's talk a little bit more about what Mexico Pavilion has to offer, aside from Pete's least favorite place to eat on Disney property.
0: Yeah, so... The market. Let's talk about the market.
2: Incredible. It's it's the market in, in the Mexico Pavilion is one of the most unique finishing touches I think any country in Epcot's World Showcase has. Uh, the accuracy at which it, it depicts. You know, being in Mexico, walking through a market. Uh, the, the cast members are fantastic. Obviously, all from you know all the cast members there will be from Mexico, and then the um, the gifts or the. Souvenirs, I guess, would be a better word that you can purchase are legitimate. Uh, I I think it's one of the most unique experiences you'll have.
1: And on that note, on that note, Pete, what what are some of your more, what are some of your favorite restaurants in Mexico? What are your favorite things to do there um, on the food or beverage side?
0: Well, you know, since I since I typically start in Mexico when I go to Epcot, Mexico is not normally one of the places that I'm going to eat. The, the quick service restaurant, in my opinion, kind of delivers the most bang for your buck. The other restaurant, which is La Hacienda de San Angel, offers a little bit better food than San Angel Inn does. But for me, if I'm eating at the Mexico Pavilion, I'm going to, I'm going to be eating at the quick service restaurant. Now, that being said, I'm not getting my drinks from the quick service restaurant. I'm going to what is perhaps my favorite place. In Epcot, And that is La Cava del Tequila. And the reason for that is the incredible variety of both margaritas and tequilas that they offer. And, and of course, I'm going to lead this with my favorite margarita, and that's the Blood Orange Margarita. I think that if you go to the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot and you get one drink, I think that the Blood Orange Margarita needs to be it.
2: Yeah, and, I, and I'll second that, Pete. I'm not, a, personally, I'm not a, a beer drinker, and they, they do have beers there, but I'm not a beer drinker, not a, not a tequila fan at all. Uh, on our last trip, we did uh, complete successfully the journey into intoxication, drinking around the world. And I wholeheartedly regret not following Pete's advice on this one. I think it's by far the best drink in Mexico. Not to say the other ones aren't very good because they're fantastic too, uh, but this blood orange margarita is something special,
0: I'll tell you what. It, it it is. And they have an incredible variety of margaritas also. You know, they've got La Cava has ten different types of margaritas. They'll also sell you tequila flights. You know, it's 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 a great it's a great place to visit to get a drink. But but again, I think that the blood orange margarita is definitely your your best bet for a drink there. And
1: so while we're getting into, you know, the the drinking around the world portion of the show when I go to Mexico, what I do is I, I usually get a beer. It's usually one of the first countries I go to, so it's something that I'm just you know maybe have a beer with a, a lunch or you know just a beer in general. However, um, we need to talk about pricing here um, for the margaritas that Pete's talking about. You know those are going to be in the you know the ten plus dollar range, probably more like thirteen to fifteen dollars. Um, the beers are at minimum eight dollars. So this this isn't a you know, go 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 have a couple beers at your local watering hole on a Thursday at happy hour. Like it's gonna it's gonna cost a little bit of money to do this.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, the The other thing that you can do while you're inside the Mexico Pavilion, and you may or may not be able to bring your drinks onto this ride, there is, of course, the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros, which is a boat ride that kind of takes you through Mexico. And it, of course, stars Donald Duck uh, as one of the three caballeros, and it's a it's a fun boat ride. If you've got kids, it's definitely worth going on. There's never longer than maybe a 10 or 15 minute wait to do this. They've changed it up a little bit in the past couple of years, but it's but it's still something fun to do, particularly if you can take your margarita from La Cava on there, which. I've been able to do and not been able to do, depending on the trip.
2: Yeah, I think the ride's fun. Uh, my last trip, personally, I did not ride it, and that was because they would not let us bring our margarita on the boat. Of course, Disney. Uh, but anyway, it's a it's worthwhile, especially if you have kids. It's it's a great it's a great ride for kids. It's a slow moving boat ride that, you know, it's a dark ride, but it is it's very fun.
0: Yeah, there's no drops. There's no you know, unlike a Pirates of the Caribbean which has incredible smells, by the way. There are no drops. or <laughs> Had to add that in. <laughs> had to add it in. Anything like that. So it's a it's a very slow-moving boat ride. The last thing that I'll say about the Mexico Pavilion, if you're looking to kill some time, if you're looking for something to do for a couple minutes, go listen to the mariachi band directly outside the pyramid. They're great. They're incredible. It's definitely worth standing and listening. I know on our last trip, we stood out there for 15 or 20 minutes listening to the mariachi band, and, and they really were great, and they put on a great show. So that's, that's an option. If you're finishing your drink, if you're finishing your snack, go, go ahead out there and go listen to the mariachi band. It'll be well worth your while. Anything else for Mexico, fellas? I think that's,
2: hot, that, that's all. That
0: does it for me. I think we hit
2: all the, the, uh, the more important parts in our
0: minds. For sure. All right, well, so let's move into our second country on our trip around the world. That country is going to be the land of Frozen. And again, I hope you really like Frozen if you're going here. And that's Norway. Now, Norway, of course. and Here we go. I mean, can you guys even
2: claim it as your Norway? I know I've seen the shirts and the, the ideas of Not My Norway since they've changed the
0: ride. Look, all I'm going to say about this is that I've, I having ridden Maelstrom and Norway. You mean Frozen, Maelstrom, and Frozen? Excuse me, I'm sorry. Having ridden both Maelstrom and Frozen, I think that Maelstrom was a better ride. I think that Disney was eager and maybe a little over eager to get Frozen into the parks, and and so yes, I will gladly wear a not my Norway shirt.
1: Well, you're you're going to be one of like. Two other people wearing that shirt in the park. As Frozen is taking over Norway,
2: you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how many no. people are frustrated uh, at that decision. Now, I being I was an okay fan of Maelstrom. The Frozen ride is incredible.
0: It's great. It's it. it has the the most recent, I guess, highest level or whatever you want to say, animatronics Disney has to offer. And it, and it looks great, but but it's no maelstrom. <clears throat> so, Pete, how much do you miss that troll
1: pushing you down <laughs> the ride? The troll,
0: the troll threw you down the river on Maelstrom. Best part of the ride. I mean, come on.
1: And so, what if what if Frozen had a troll? Would you be okay with it?
0: Frozen does have a troll, but it's not like that troll.
2: <laughs> Only one troll for Pete.
0: Only one. Troll. Was the, the troll? So what was the troll? Was the troll's name Tony or no? No, I don't think the troll's name was Tony. <laughs> so so Norway, again, I hope you like Frozen coming into this country because Frozen is kind of rapidly taking everything over.
1: And, and when you talk like, yeah, and there, there's there's great food, there's great, there's great drinks there too.
0: well, but but Norway does have what I would consider one of my one of my favorite treats at disney world and And that comes from the Kringla bakery. And that's the Norwegian school bread. On, on our last trip, which there were four of us there, two of us got the school bread. And I think four of us wished that we had gotten the school bread. I don't do coconut it's, stuff. It's, nope. Well, yeah, Tom doesn't I do I don't coconut, like coconuts. But it's, but it's delicious. It, it really is. Now, Tom, let's, let's talk about drinks in Norway real quick.
2: I, you know what? This is, I explain. I, I like to explain Norway... As a, uh, have you seen these Sour Patch Kid commercials where it's like first they're they're sour then they're sweet? Yeah. Um, or, or have you ever had a bittersweet experience to where, you know it's it's cool that you did it but you wish you you wouldn't have? <laughs> That's how Norway is to me, and I'm gonna explain why. I personally am not a beer drinker at all. And Norway has uh, two options. They have fantastic beers from what I've been yeah, told.
0: Yeah. I, I... I don't know if I would say fantastic. I would say you got options. <laughs> yeah, you you well. Norway has Carlsberg beer, which is an okay option. It's a it's a pretty standard pilsner. But I will say that that Carlsberg is actually not Norwegian. It's actually from Denmark, so not entirely accurate. But it, but it's Scandinavian, so pretty close. But anyway, what's what's the other option that you have in Norway, Tom?
2: So if you're not a beer drinker and you're like me, you have one option and it's uh it's called aquavit if i'm pronouncing that correctly sounds right i have i have um you know I, i'm post college so everyone does stupid things in college i don't know that aquavit even touches the level of stupid it would be <laughs> the taste of aquavit is like is like going to a, a anytime fitness gym raining out every like, pound of sweat and filtering it through a dirty sock and putting it in a shot glass. <laughs> it's, it's one of the most disgusting things I've ever drank. Now, with that being said, I do think everyone should try it once. And I can confirm that I'll be trying it on July 4th again and on my next trip to Disney World. But it is a very pungent, it has a, has a different taste to it, I guess. Well, I can tell you that um, we have
1: a friend who swears that the descendants of Vikings... Will drink aquavit without making a face, so that just shows you what you are, Tom.
2: You know what the thing is, though. We that friend and I'm in the same group message you're in. Tried to make no face, and he looked like he was ready to throw up at the smell of aquavit. But, but
0: didn't the cast member at Disney World tell you pretty much the same thing when you when they served you the aquavit? That he told me that he
2: he enjoyed it, and again, this is uh, a cast member that's I mean, from he's New a World, Viking, but that that no one will no one enjoys it. That that comes to try it. And he handed me two shots and, and gave me a little uh, a a sly smile. Thomas, how much did you pay for that experience? I would think I don't remember off the top of my head, I would think ten to twelve dollars for it. I mean it was it gets your day going if you're gonna do journey journey into intoxication. So have have another drink handy right after?
0: No, no chasers allowed in this world. So yeah. Get the get the uh, get the Aquavit when you go to Norway, uh, Tom. Uh, Tom, it, it's got Tom's seal of approval. Is I guess what I'm. Now haven't haven't both of you tried it? No, we might. Uh, we, have. we did We did <laughs> like,
2: feel like. My
1: memory's a
0: little mad. foggy. Uh, we did not try it. The last time we went, we actually drank Carlsberg beer.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say we we kind of stuck to the beer. Le- at least I did early because I just didn't, I didn't want to have any issues sustaining.
0: So a couple other things to do in Norway. A- again, hope you like Frozen because you can meet with Anna and Elsa at Summerhouse. Uh, you can also eat at Akershus Royal Banquet Hall, which is a Norwegian restaurant. There again is my favorite snack or one of my favorite snacks at Disney World, and that's the. Norwegian school bread, and then pretty much all the shops in Norway are all frozen. <laughs> you know, so if you <laughs> so are. if you want some frozen memorabilia, it's a it's a good place to go. I mean, I don't I don't think that I don't know that they had any Norwegian goods that were not frozen related. I, at least none that I can remember. the The last thing that I'll say about Norway is that. The uh, the stave church is is pretty cool to look at. The stave church is, is full of artifacts that Disney has said inspired the movie Frozen and really gave the movie Frozen its setting. The other thing that you can do is try to ride the Frozen ride. But uh, if you don't have a fast pass, good luck with that. We'd like to hear how that works out for you.
2: However, if you don't have a fast pass, don't give up hope day of. Uh, on our trip, we did not have a fast pass. I had actually zero fast passes to begin the day, but we did end up landing a fast pass and really enjoyed the ride. Well, three of the four of us really enjoyed the ride. The last thing I'll say is you are not considered a Viking until you send, send us proof of you trying the Aquavit.
0: Without making a face. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. So, leaving Norway, the next country that we're going to come to is China on our journey around the world. China's another cool pavilion. When you enter China, You're going to go through a very intricate gate. Directly in front of you is going to be a replica of the Temple of Heaven. It's It all feels very authentic. Once you get into China, there's there's really a lot to do. You have one of the biggest stores at Epcot full of Chinese goods, silks, textile, just all kinds of stuff. You also have... Chinese restaurants there is what one quick service restaurant and one table service restaurant in China
2: I think so Um, I don't have it off, you know right in front of me
0: but I believe that's true
2: and and adding on to your store I think it's isn't it the biggest store in the world showcase
0: it is the biggest store in the world showcase
2: yes that is correct so it's probably the second biggest store in Epcot the only one I can think of to be bigger would be what Mouse Gear maybe
0: is pretty big Moscow is pretty big.
1: So as far as dining goes, you're looking at um, two, two restaurants, the Nine Dragons and the Lotus Blossom Cafe, which is counter service. And um, we'll just see, you yeah, know, enjoy it.
0: Well, and, and, and Nine Dragons is not a very popular restaurant at Epcot. Uh, it's it's one, of the, one of the few places at Epcot that you can go for dinner pretty much any night and walk right in. I would say that pretty much all the other restaurants, and this may be unique to Disney World in general, but pretty much all the other restaurants, you have to have a reservation to, to eat dinner there, or you have to wait 30 plus or 60 plus minutes in some in some cases. But the Nine Dragons is one of the few restaurants that you do not have to wait. And that, you know, that may reflect on its quality a little bit. It's not the greatest food in the world. It's it's not bad food. It's not as bad as the San Angel Inn in Mexico, uh, for instance. But maybe not the top choice at Epcot. Uh, I, think, I think the Lotus Blossom Cafe, which I think we may have gotten some food from on our last trip, uh, is, was, a, was a
2: pretty good choice. Matt and I have eaten at, uh, at Nine Dragons before. It was good. Okay. Oh, it's, it's, it's good. good. Yeah. It, it's what you would expect. It's exa- exa- I was going to
0: say the same thing. It's exactly what you would expect. So let's talk about the drinks in China. Obviously, they're going to have your standard Chinese beers. They're going to have a Qingdao and a Qingdao Pure. Matt, that's what you and I had last time we went. We we both drank Qingdao. Tom went a slightly different route uh, when, when we were in the China Pavilion. And, and Tom, why don't you talk about that a little bit?
2: So as, I, as I've hit on, I am not a beer drinker. Uh, <laughs> I am hard against it. But anyway we're in the China pavilion and Pete is explaining hey you've got two options man it's beer or it's a, a little drink called the tipsy Ducks in love and so I, I was speaking with the young lady that was speaking with the young lady that was working the um, the joy of tea kiosk and, and I'm and I'm telling her hey listen I don't care how much the tipsy ducks and love cost just give me the beam straight I don't want all the other stuff that comes with it but she was not, a, you know, she's not allowed to do that. Has to make the drink. I cannot think of a word to describe how fantastic this drink was. I I could drink it all day long.
0: So a little description: this drink is it's coffee, it's tea, it's chocolate, it's whipped cream, it's it's some kind of dairy product, it's Jim Beam, it's it's pretty much. All of our favorite things in life. Yeah,
1: everything you would ask for in one one beverage, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You, you, I looked at it and I was thinking, man, that cannot be good with bourbon. And I and I do enjoy you know a, a good bourbon here or there. It's, it was the best drink I had all day, and it'll absolutely be a must have for anyone who goes to Disney with me in the future. Yeah.
0: Now there are a couple other drink options there. There are some frozen drinks. There's a plum wine drink, a green tea plum slush. They're all kind of hit or miss. They're all a little sweet. So again, if if, if you're going to get it get a drink at the China Pavilion, I think we would all either recommend getting a beer, uh, which is which is Qingdao, which is your your pretty standard Chinese beer, or getting the tipsy ducks in love. I, and, and I think that I would recommend tipsy ducks in love over anything else. It's it's not a cheap drink. But, it, who but cares? it's it's the best drink in
2: Epcot. But it's well worth it. I mean this is a drink Pete that you've now learned how to make at home for
0: you and your wife. That's that's correct and I make it a good bit. And it's
1: and, and to that point best drink in Epcot it might be the best drink in Disney if you think about it. Is it?
0: Mm, I'd debate that, but that's that's for another episode. I, is, it could be close, man. That's for it another episode. Close. But but there is look, there is a ton of things to do in China. Uh, first off, China has fantastic bathrooms. If you are getting to the point where you need a bathroom break, <laughs> go go to the bathrooms in China. Uh, they play very peaceful music in the bathrooms, and it's it's a it's a very good wholesome experience.
2: You know, I I can tell you on our last trip, uh, the Mindo Disney trip. Uh, of course, we've hit on China's. You know, the, the shopping experience at China is fantastic. And Pete went missing for roughly 25 to 30 minutes. And we finally, he comes back up, he finds us. And we've all, you know, cashed our drinks, ready to explore. You know, some people are buying stuff. We're ready to explore the next country. And peace like, guys, if you have to go to the bathroom, this is the spot. The music is the most peaceful
0: thing you'll listen to. And I think Pete just enjoyed his time in the bathroom altogether. I, I hung out in the bathroom for probably 10 or 15 minutes, just relaxing and enjoying the peaceful music.
2: I have to ask it,
0: because you've harped on on one thing
2: that you find unique at Disney World. You love Disney smells. <laughs> <laughs> did, this, did, did, did the China bathroom have any smells you enjoyed?
0: You know, the, the, there was no distinct smell to the, to the China Disney bathroom I, I, that I can remember. Uh, it was a very it was a very neutral scent. I, I don't remember there being any any kind of problem odors, but at the same time, I don't remember there being any you know particularly good smelling odors. So it's just a very neutral smelling bathroom. And and you're absolutely right. Smells are very important. I have a very sensitive nose, so I I do notice when when uh, something smells awry. Well, oh guys, yeah. thank you for my ab workout of the day.
2: Let's move past, you know, some of the disgusting things
0: that happen at the China Pavilion. Um, So, okay. So, a couple other things at the China Pavilion. Uh, Mulan will typically be at the China Pavilion to meet and greet. I took a picture of Mulan. My wife is a huge Mulan fan. Did you take a picture of or with? Just of Mulan. It was kind of a stalker (laughs) picture. It was a little weird. But I did get a picture of Mulan. Uh, there are some acrobats, the Dragon Legend acrobats, that uh, perform outside of the China or out in the in the China Pavilion. And so the these performers are awesome.
1: I mean, th- this traditionally draws a crowd. You need to see this. I'll be
0: honest. It's it's pretty cool. The other thing is they do have some replicas of the Terracotta Army. If you've never seen or heard of the Terracotta Army before this is a really cool thing my my wife experienced this when she was in china and these are very small miniature miniatures of the terracotta army but it's still a really cool experience Uh, the last thing in china is they do have a 360 circle vision film called reflections of china and this kind of features footage of china Uh, it, it It goes over some famous Chinese landmarks, some famous sites in China. What is it, about 13, 14 minutes long, something like that?
2: 12 minutes, give or take. It's it's worthwhile, for sure. Yeah, it
0: it is. Now, there are no seats in the theater. However, it is air-conditioned, so it's a good place to kind of escape the heat and kind of take a rest, maybe drink a bottle of water, something like that, if you... uh, if you're at that point in your journey. And of course, we mentioned the shops. Look, you can find anything there. You can find teapots. You can find fans. You can find candles, incense, anything that you associate with Chinese culture, you can pretty much find in this shop. And again, it is one of the biggest shops in Epcot. So there's really sure to be something for everybody there. There are also some gardens that you can walk through, you know. If you haven't quite finished your drink yet, you go walk walk through the gardens, or if you're
2: building up to, you know, maybe you got to go to the bathroom in ten minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say if you have a bathroom experience oncoming, I would save it up for the China Pavilion. I love so the oncoming.
2: <laughs> it's a good place. You are it's your third country at this point. You may have to go. It's a, it's a good stopping point.
0: Like I said, it's very peaceful. The music is relaxing. It's it's easy to just kind of let go. Guys, okay, that's enough. I'm going to stop us here. After you let go in China, where should we go next, guys? Well, in order to hear where we go next, you're going to have to tune in next week because that is all we're going to get through today is, is through China. Um, obviously, there's a lot of countries left. Uh, we've got eight countries left to go through in Epcot. But we're going to call it quits for tonight in China. With that being said, let's move right into the Disney Secret of the Week. Tom, and I think you've got something extra special for us uh, tonight, right? So,
2: guys, like we've hit earlier, the World Showcase is very near and dear to all of us. There is so much to see and do here, whether you're just enjoying the countries for what they are, going on the rides, you're enjoying the food, the atmosphere, the cast members, the drinks. There's so much to do, and there are also so many secrets hidden within the World Showcase. And with that being said, we're going to give you a double dip on the secrets this week. I have two Disney secrets that involve two of the countries we've discussed tonight. We're going to start with our Disney secrets in Norway. Uh, The Kringla Bakery has a very unique feature that some people may miss. There's actually real grass growing on the roof of the building. Yes, it's real grass. There is a group of cast members who are responsible for maintaining and caring for the various plant life throughout all of Disney World. But in this instance, they actually have to climb up on top of the roof in order to take care of the grass properly. So on your next Disney trip, please look for that. It's fascinating.
1: So has any Disney guest ever seen them mowing the lawn? I mean, I'm wondering
2: (laughs) now. That's a good question that I don't know the answer to. I've,
0: I've never seen it. I mean, I would think they would do it at night. At mm-hmm. night, but, but, but who knows? Maybe. Uh,
1: that's probably one of the only people that mow the lawn at night.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Moving on to our second secret of the evening. Um, it's going to be revolving around China. Have you ever wondered how the barges for illuminations are brought in? Well, there's actually a drawbridge. When you're in the area between China and the African outpost, just pay attention to the bridge over the water. Truthfully, it's a drawbridge. And it will open up late in the afternoon in order to let the barges pass through to set up for the show. That's all for our Disney secrets this week. Have
0: you ever seen the drawbridge
2: open before? I've never seen it. You know when I when I uh, when I, I found the secret out many years ago, and I've seen the drawbridge open late in the afternoon. But it's actually it's something that people just typically don't notice.
0: I don't think I've ever been that far back in the world showcase in the afternoon when when the barges would come out. And guys one more thing
2: following our Disney secrets uh, one of one of our, our listeners and our fans out there uh, is actually somebody who is uh, has, has been great for us to pull information from and, and read what, what she writes it, it's the Mickey Mom Blog and her website is MickeyMomBlog.com she has fantastic articles uh, that break down unique tips ideas uh, and, and tricks to Disney World I encourage all of you to, uh, to give her site a view. And again, her site is mickeymomblog.com. Uh, again, she's fantastic, and I encourage everyone to give her a visit. Thanks.
0: Well, that's all for this week. Please tune in next week for part two of Showcase Showdown. We'll continue our journey around the World Showcase at Epcot. Look for us on Twitter, at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, please tweet us or email us at menduwdw.gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.